This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. everybody welcome back to another edition of the 12 questions podcast my name is jeff buck i'm a writer for the athletic and each week i ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver up next you know who it is dale earnhardt jr the nascar hall of famer and also analyst for nbc sports which is now taking over its half of the nascar cup series schedule so if you're already not listening to Dale Jr.'s podcast each week or following him on social media. You're going to get a lot more of him on TV now that NBC is back and Fox's portion of the season has concluded. Dale, of course, ranks among probably the best interviews in all of sports, certainly that I've come across during my career. And so it was very nice to have him back on the 12 questions. He took a lot of time to do this. Really appreciate that. So let's jump right in and listen to our conversation. All right, everybody, I'm back on the 12 questions with Dale Jr., and we were just talking about how long it's been since you were on here. Probably been a long time. Yeah, yeah, we were thinking it was, it's it's before I retired as a driver, so at least five years, maybe six yeah. or seven. Well, I'm glad we have the occasion to do this, come Does back. it feel like you've been doing the 12 questions that long? Yeah. Really? I, I feel I feel old, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I think about, like, uh I mean, most of the people I started doing 12 questions my first year are retired. So. Yeah. I remember when you started 12 questions, you were like, I'm doing something new. Might be good. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. Yeah. 12 years later. Yeah. Uh, so the first question this year is, how do you feel about people reclining their seats on airplanes? You know, I don't really mind it as long. I don't mind it. I really don't. Because uh, the... Original situ the original seating position is super uncomfortable. It's way too straight up and down. So I kind of I want to recline mine before you're really supposed to, and uh, so I kind of uh, sneak it back a little bit, hoping that I'm not annoying the person behind me. So I kind of know the guy in front of me or gal in front of me is going through the same sort of emotions. Yeah, <laughs> so right. I'm kind of cool with it. But uh, yeah, I mean, as long as you're sitting in your seat properly, it shouldn't be no problem. Okay. Uh, how often do you get recognized at the grocery store? A lot, actually. Um, and it's kind of nice. So uh, I'm at this point in my career or life professionally where um, the reactions aren't so animated. They're really like, oh, hey, nice <laughs> seeing you. And um, back in 04, 06, around the peak of our popularity, the reactions would be... Uh, uh, sometimes unnerving because you just weren't ready for somebody to have that reaction around you, right? And um, it's not something you're 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 used to everyone doing. But uh, it uh, the these days it's really really pleasant to be honest with you because the they're they're more like um, especially if there's uh, sometimes there's a child 
maybe present with the mom or the dad and they're shopping and they're like, this guy used to, you know, they start telling the child, because the, the kid has no idea why the <laughs> yeah. parent even cares who's this, who's, who's this person. And so they'll start trying to explain to them what 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 I used to be or or uh, why this is a this is a cool experience. But uh, and so it's kind of nice because you know you 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 assume that when your racing career is over that everybody moves on to the next thing, right? Or the next driver or the current drivers. Uh, so I've been I've been surprised at you know how that notoriety or that that the awareness that people have it, it remains long after you're done driving i was really surprised by that that's nice i yeah. i really like that that sounds very pleasant it's good um on a scale one to ten how good are you at replying to text messages in a timely manner that's a good question i think that i'm pretty good uh sometimes i feel like i'm on i, I sometimes i feel like i'm better than the people that i'm texting <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what I base it off of is like, how am I against the, the, the sample size or the experience that I have with others? I think I do really well. Um, now, it, usually when I get a text, I have, I, I am the type of person that will, will read it immediately. Whereas like, I know some other people in my circle don't see the text for a while. My wife, might not read our a text for 30 minutes, an hour. Hmm. Uh, we have our red receipts turned on. So right. I, and I turn my red receipts on so you can see me, w- that I've read your text. So if I'm not responding, you'll know, well, I haven't seen it yet. And I just think it's a courtesy thing. And so uh, I'll see. She just hasn't read it. And I'm like, man, <laughs> she doesn't. She's, she's just not as attached to her devices as some as, as I am. Right. right. Where, uh and Mike Davis, who I work with, a lot of people will know him as a co-host of my podcast, and he's the same way. Like he might, he doesn't have his red receipts on, so you don't know whether he's seen it or not, and then he's not responding, and you just get so annoyed by that, <laughs> and you can't get him to turn on his red receipts. You know, you can. I think you can do that per individual. Yeah, you can. Right? You can. So you I have them on for my wife, but I don't have them on for anybody else. Right. I'm not as courteous That's, as you. It's well, very nice of you to have yours on, but I don't mind, you know, letting people know that I've seen their text and. I think it's just fair. I, I kind of like it, so I want it. Yeah. I, I, but I, then they could be like, oh, well, he read it, but he's not replying to me. I know. Like, what the hell? Sometimes you want to send that message. Oh, that's a good point. Right? That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah I didn't even, that didn't even occur to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the best way to get out of a conversation with someone who won't stop talking? Um, that's, I'm not, I don't have a good way to get out of that situation because... I'll literally sit there and wait for that opportunity to be like, man, I got to run and and I'll wait till that I'll wait till they'll take a break. Uh-huh. I won't like interrupt them. Um I think that body language is 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 a good indicator to someone who's when you're when you need to move on, right? Or you need to physically leave or don't want to be in this conversation anymore. Your body language and and your 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 you know opening your body up to to stepping away or whatever is kind of a dead giveaway. And if they're not understanding or getting that from you, uh, then you might can interrupt them and say, "Man, I got to go. I yeah. just don't. I gotta get got this thing." But uh, that's a that's a, always an uncomfortable situation. It really is. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, if you could pick only one form of social media to use and drop all the rest, which would it be? Probably Instagram. Hmm. Yeah. I, um, I stopped using Twitter, deleted it from my phone uh, as sort of a personal test and experience. And uh, I kind of liked, I, I missed what I was getting from Twitter and I did go back. But uh, um, I really feel like that Instagram for me, the visual, in, you know, the pictures, the videos, the I really get a better experience watching what is going on in other people's lives. I can just sit there and watch reels of random people and uh, really be entertained. You know, and so if I had to pick between the two, I, I certainly enjoy using Instagram more. And I kind of like the, there's a lot more creativity in what you post on Instagram. Like you can create a reel or a story and, and, and edit and do things and make it pretty fun. And that doesn't, you know, it's not really happening on Twitter like that. But uh, I don't, I don't do, I don't have Snapchat. I don't, I don't have it installed on my phone. I've got a handle uh, as a placeholder. I don't do TikTok. I don't have it installed on my phone. You, you, if you like reels, you would like TikTok, honestly. Yeah, that's what it, it's. A, that's all it is, really. Right. You know? So I, my wife uses it, and and I, she does some good content, in my opinion. And I'm like, man, and it's all it, usually she takes her TikTok content and puts it on t- Instagram, and so I've kind of been curious about using that platform, but. I honestly just don't have the bandwidth for more platforms. Yeah. And I use Twitter really to kind of stay, I use Twitter to really kind of see what's going on and know what's going on in the, in the world. And, and, uh, I use Instagram really as kind of like a, a joyride in a sense to just, you know, go on there and see what fun things people are doing or what everybody's getting to. Um, so I, I would say Instagram's really my, my favorite. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you lo- use both just because otherwise we would never know how you felt about rice cakes, for instance. You I know, know so. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what advice would you give someone who is trying to, uh, who is having a hard time getting over a mistake they've made? You, you know, I think that um, one of the things that I uh, try to tell people is that the they remember the mistake far longer than anyone else. And so there's a couple things you can say to somebody when we, when, when we do, when I went into broadcasting, I was super critical of myself and everything that I did, I was like, that was, that felt pretty good. Oh, that was terrible. Oh, that comment was insightful. I thought, or that man, that was, I've stumbled over all my words and felt like an idiot. Every little thing I was sort of analyzing and, and grading, and uh, we got done and uh, with the first few broadcasts, and I went, what do y'all think, man? Was that good? Was that a bad one? And uh, my boss has said, it's never as good as it feels, but it's never as bad as it feels. And so when you do make a mistake and you feel like either you've let a lot of people down or you've embarrassed yourself or how do you, you, know, how do you face the world after such a mistake or face your friends or whoever, right, you're ashamed – uh, it's never, it's never as bad to them or to, to the other people as, as you think it is like you make it worse in your mind and, and you, you drum it up to be this huge 
issue. And so while it may be something that's worth addressing, it's absolutely something you can move past. And I think, too, the, the attention cycle in today's world seems to have shortened up over, since, you know, decades ago or even years ago. And there's, there's going to be somebody else who makes another mistake, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're not the only last person to slip up. And they'll be, they'll be, you know, they'll move on to that. And, and then the next thing and the next thing. And, um, yeah, you got to figure out a way to, to pull yourself back together and get back to it. Yeah, no, I, that's really good advice. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, so this next one is a wild card question where I'm mixing it up for each person. So, um, the Dale Jr. Download and Door Bumper Clear have become two of the most important pieces of content in NASCAR, but NASCAR obviously doesn't love everything that is said on yeah. either of these podcasts at times. <laughs> um, so how, you know, I, I heard you asking Denny on your recent episode with him, you know, have you heard from anybody with NASCAR yet or something like that? Obviously you've been called to the holler for door bumper clear purposes. Um, so how do you personally navigate when NASCAR is upset with the content that you or Dirty Mo in general is putting out and they let you know about it? How do you go, how do you balance that, those challenges? Well, um, probably five years ago, I would apologize and ask for forgiveness. Um, but as, as these, as this business of Dirty Mo Media and, and the podcast have become, I think, more important or more prominent, um, you're, you're, you never want, you know, your 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 feelings about who might get upset about what gets said, whether it's NASCAR or fans or another driver or a friend of yours or somebody who you have a relationship or personal friendship with. A lot of times, I mean, uh, when we're in the bro- I, I go to all to these analogies being in the broadcast booth. When we're bro- in the broadcast booth, sometimes we're going to say things that my friends that I drive with or have drove with aren't going to appreciate true X got been out of shape about something or dis, uh, disappointed in something I said about him. And I told him like, man, I'm up there doing a job when I'm up there, that, that job hats on and the friendship hats not on. And, uh, I feel the kind of the same way when I'm in the bot in the, with the podcast, like things are going to be said in that room. I might not agree with everything Denny said or any, everything that gets said about NASCAR, but sometimes I'm going to say things about NASCAR that they might not like. And I'm in there working, you know, and I'm doing, I'm, uh, it's a business and I'm, I'm doing a job and I'm not just out here talking behind their back. Uh, and so if they, and I also feel like, uh, the, 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 the way that I feel comfortable with it is that I will also the next week or down the road, give NASCAR the opportunity to come in and straighten out anything that they feel we have incorrect. Right. Uh, we have had other people in the sport and the industry and NASCAR in the room and given them the opportunity to, to tell their side of the story. And so it kind of, uh, it's an open forum kind of thing. Right. And, and I, uh, I'm not as ashamed of disappointing or frustrating NASCAR as I used to be. I still want to be a good I still want to be a good ally to them, but at the same time, I feel like that someone you always like you got that you got that good friend of yours that will always tell you the truth 
Sometimes you're not going to love what he has to say or she has to say, but you really appreciate them because you know you're going to get the truth. Man, should I do this? Is this something? How's this shirt look? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm that person, I feel like, in NASCAR's life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And and they and I and I might not always be right, but they need some. They need those people that are going to be honest and not be like, "Oh man, everything's great," you know, sun sunny and seventy every day. This is amazing, right? right. You know, they need somebody every once in a while to ho- kind of be brutally honest with them. And um, there's plenty of people out there that want to want to be want to be that. But uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like that. You know, too you you get asked too by. Um, or you get fans are holding you accountable, right? They hold they hold me accountable yep. to be true and to be honest about what I feel and not tow the company not line all the time. And so I feel a little pressure too when I'm doing those shows to to say what I really think because um, I want people to uh, to feel find me credible. And even if I'm wrong, I was I was honest in what what my you know, what I believed in, in that moment. So that's important, I think, to, uh, to say what you think and be able to either back it up and double down or admit you're wrong. Yeah. You know, either way it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, if someone blatantly wrecked you to win a race, would you interrupt their celebration? I believe this, uh, there was a Carl Edwards incident back in the day that I always felt like I, we were working so that's a great story with that so um every week uh we every week me and my pr person would choose a word that we were going to try to work into an interview and that week we had chose the word uncouth <laughs> and so uh when carl came into victory lane i was it gave me the opportunity to work that word into the post race <laughs> comments about his his decision to to show up and I always felt like that winner's circle, no matter how disappointed you are about the guy who who's there or what he might have done to get to that position, you, it was once he's in winner's circle, that's you don't go there. You don't go in there and, and you don't go in there and interrupt what's happening, even if you disagree with it or think he was he was he was, you know, did something wrong to you. And I always just felt like, you know, uh, there's another time and an opportunity, plenty of other opportunities to do, to go say what you need to say to that person or handle that situation however you want to handle it. But inside Victory Lane, they're protected in a way. And that, that experience is protected because there's it's more than the driver. There's a team celebrating a win. Uh, there's an owner. There's sponsors. There's, there's people doing their jobs. NASCAR industry folks trying to manage the the situation and just a lot going on in there and uh, just not the time. So I don't know that it, no I don't know that I would ever be that angry that I would not be able to stop myself from going into victory lane and and confronting something. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's that's a really good point. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Um, what movie do you think you've seen the most times over the last year? Over the last year? Definitely um, Moana. Moana. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's the interesting thing about having kids is they get hooked on one movie and we have Disney Plus. There's hundreds if not thousands of other things to be watching and it they just want that one <laughs> one over and over and over and we'll watch it to the end and they'll say let's watch it again <laughs> yeah. and you're like okay i mean i don't remember being that way um as a child we didn't have that opportunity to really like push a button and restart and and just you know whatever you were watching was we just didn't have that technology but um I, uh, yeah, Moana's probably at the top of the list right now. And, and there's a couple more. Uh, we watch a ton of Bluey, but we, at least with that, we can, we can, we can watch a series of episodes. It's not yeah. really the same movie over and over again, but I enjoy it. Honestly, um, I get in, uh, some of the songs are actually pretty good. They, yeah. they do a good job. I mean, the movies are great, to be honest with you. And, uh, we've, we've seen them, you know, and I don't, you know, I don't mind sitting down and, Cause there, there, you know, you're it. There are some. I don't love everything. Now there are some shows or some content that they like that I'm just like, man, I cannot take any more of this. <laughs> yeah, I can't take another minute. Yeah, but uh, I can't remember. There was one that we were just me and my wife both were like, we we just can't do this anymore. Yeah, I feel that way about Coco Melon at times. So Coco Melon definitely. Uh, ran its course in our house. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the songs sound the same. They I agree. Like the same tune. They're, they're you're just right. Have like different words. Yeah. Anyway, it's probably non-parents have no idea. Yeah, I know they don't. This is this is only <laughs> exciting a very small group of people right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> when you think about NASCAR five years from now, what are you the most optimistic about, and what worries you the most? I'm the most optimistic about. Uh, the overall health of the sport, you know, when we look at um, when we look at the sport from a from a from a really uh, when you back away and just take it all in, um, I feel like that the direction we're heading in is a very positive one, and I think that I think that uh, we've got some great personalities in the pipeline. We've got some great personalities at the cup level now, but there's, there's a, uh, I think, you know, personalities are so important and really having people that people, uh, you know, fans can gravitate to and, and polarizing individuals driving these race cars. Uh, I think we've, we've got some good things going there. I, you know, I, I guess what, what worries me is the, the new car, and you know how how it will the new car and how it races right and how like martinsville that worries me so much i'm such a huge fan of short tracks and man we've got to get this thing to where it's a great show at martinsville and and so it'll be a good show you know you can you want to be able to go to bristol when it's concrete or Richmond and all these other places and expect to see what we typically know as short track racing, you know, very, very aggressive and, uh, hard 
you know, bumping and grinding and all that good stuff. And, and, uh, so super nervous about just, uh, not just the very short term future for the product on the racetrack at short tracks, what happens at Texas, you know, what do they do with that track and all that? I mean, getting this, getting kind of the car where it needs to be, uh, which it's pretty good in some places at some racetracks, getting the tire, learning where we can go with this tire and how aggressive we can be with the tire uh, to let the, let the cars have wear and fall off and all the things we bet, you know, you wanted for your, uh, wanted out of a race car forever. Um, and, you know, getting making sure that it can provide a great, visual experience at every type of track not just you know the car really was built um it wasn't built specifically for any one thing but it has all these components that would really lend it to being a great road racing car with the independent rear suspension and the the diffuser and all those things it really leaned more toward an imsa imsa style sports car uh you know driving experience and 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 so you know, if I took IMSA cars and put them at Martinsville, I pretty much got what I thought I'd see in our cup race, uh, you know, a couple months ago. And so that worries me. Yeah. It really does. Because I was hoping that we would have this sort of short track revolution, uh, rebirth, where, man, you know, the sport would swing toward including more short tracks into its schedule and boy, I don't know that really has took the wind out of the sails for anything like that to happen. I know. I know. I feel you on that. Yeah. Um, so a magic genie appears and offers you the chance to go back to the beginning of your racing career and start all over. But the catch is that you get to retain all the knowledge and experience that you have now. So do you go back and start over or do you just stay where you are and call it a career? I go back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, that would it wouldn't be pleasant, hundred percent. It wouldn't be all roses uh, to go back and 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 redo uh, all of that because there are some scenarios that you couldn't avoid and some some probably uh, you know there's other, there's things about life that aren't all that great or all that enjoyable that you would have to experience again you know and you wouldn't be able to shortcut uh, everything. Uh, to be able to to have have all the success that you wanted to have, I I might you would think that you would be able to go back, apply yourself with that with that extra knowledge, uh, and and do more, have more success. Um, I'll tell you this: so a better a better fantasy for me, right? And I I used to do this especially when dad was alive, a better fantasy for me would be to have the genie appear and me take all of the knowledge that I have today and go back to 1980 mm. and be on dad's pit crew with all of this amazing information about arrow and setups <laughs> and you would have you'd have a whole notebook of all these cool things that were learned in the next three or four decades, right? But you would have to slowly leak them out to that to Dad, right, and his team, and go, yeah. "Hey, man, you guys should try this one thing. It's going to give you a couple tents." 
and let them, you know, run that for a while till the rest of the world figures it out. And then you got another trick, right? Until you sort of, you know, and hopefully over the over Dad's career, you slowly empty the notebook, and he has this insane career, right? That's what I always used to fantasize about as a kid. It wasn't really that I would go back and make myself better. It was like I was going to go back and and make Dad's career even better than it was. Um, that because he would have been like, dude, my son is smart. How about yeah. this guy? He is amazing. Look at this engineering mind he has. He has all these cool ideas. Where does it come from? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the book, um, in Fa- <laughs> Back to the Future, where what's his face gets the sports book exactly and goes back and makes all the bets. That's that's where that idea came from, I believe. Um, was like, man, I'd be cool if I could take all this knowledge back and make dad like 10 times more successful. Maybe that was like how Ray Evernham and Knaus did it. Maybe they had yes. this, you know. <laughs> They're from the future. <laughs> and they just sprinkled it in a little at a time. <laughs> uh, so each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next interview. The last one I did was with uh, Carson Hosevar from the Chuck series. And he says, uh, if you were given the keys to NASCAR and could do two things just for team owners, what would you do? And he said that um, he asked for two because he thought uh, the f- first one would be too obvious, which is that to give people more money so uh so not so i can't just give them more money well you can but he he assumed that would be one of them yeah. so that's why he asked for two so i guess other yeah. than essentially other than giving them more money what would you do what one thing would you do for them i would um i would probably definitely try to find a way to make the um make them less dependent on their on sponsorship dollars. So, um, however we could do that, I would try to figure out whether it's just simply giving them more of the TV money. Um, but I don't know if that's realistic or not, but, uh, so yeah, I would try to work, I would try to work really hard to make them less dependent on sponsorship dollars. Um, and I would probably, um, I would probably try to, work with them on the physical technical competition side of the car <clears throat> so um i would i would uh i would be more open to allowing them to find spaces in this car where they could get creative uh and 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 work to design advantages within their own organization in the car. I think the cars are much, the cars a kit car, you know, they buy the parts from here and there and they put it together and you're really kind of not allowed to really modify anything. Right. And, um, and, uh, I might find some ways to allow the, a little more creativity back into what the teams can do in house without really, and you have to be careful, right. To not, turn that into a big spend right where it's just the engineers go crazy trying to find how to make that area the the best yeah but uh i don't know i i I think uh i I would have a hard time really wanting to do much for the owners outside of trying to make it more more financially uh uh stable you know i wouldn't want to i'm not trying to make it where it's extremely profitable i just want them to be able to come race and not, you know, not lose a ton of money. But uh, outside of that, I would, my, you know, if I was in control of NASCAR, I would, I'd be thinking about all kinds of other things to be doing to the sport than 
than messing with owners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, um, I don't know who the next interview is with, so you can either give a general question I can ask. Um, yeah. It'll be somebody in NASCAR. Really? Um, or I, when I know who it is specifically, I can double back with you if you want to tailor the question. It's yeah. up to you. I, I, you know, I think that the biggest question mark for me really is how do we fix uh, short tracks? That's that's uh, probably not the biggest concern in the NASCAR world right now, but for me it is. So I would say, uh, to piggyback off of Carson, give me three things that have to change before we go back to Martinsville. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for doing All this. Right. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, everybody, there you have it. That was a fun one, wasn't it? I really enjoyed doing that with Dale. He's always so good at those, gives great answers, thinks about things. And uh, really appreciate all the time he spent on that as well. So I do know the next person now uh, that his question will be for, and it is Todd Gilliland, the uh, NASCAR Cup Series rookie for Front Row Motorsports. And then going into the Atlanta race, it will be Chase Elliott, the current NASCAR most popular driver after taking that mantle from Dale Jr., So I hope you will enjoy those interviews as well. And of course, hope you enjoyed this one. Thanks as always for listening. And I will talk to you next time on the 12 questions podcast.